You're listening to Death of the Reader, and it's time for what I consider a tragedy. Coming in at sixth place for our recommendations this year on review season is Emma Stone X's The Lamplighters. One of the sad necessities of review season is that in order to numb the pain of making our list, criteria are king, and that often places our personal favorites outside the podium. The Lamplighters is such a case. This haunting, lyrical, and enveloping exploration into an impossible crime and the people left behind by it made waves internationally this year, and I think it was well-deserved. The Lamplighters tells two parallel stories. One, in 1972, shows us the story of three lighthouse keepers who disappeared from their island house, The Maiden, leaving behind an impossible scene for the boatmen sent to check in with them. The second, 20 years later, explores writer Dan Sharp's investigation into the case and the families of the keepers. The timeline takes alternating turns through the book's 12 chapters, wrangling with the difficult questions that underpin the premise of the whodunit. After our introduction follows the relief boatman Jory and his discovery of the locked room with its stopped clock, uneaten meals, and absent corpses, we jump to 1992. There we meet Helen, Michelle, and Jenny, the three women whose partners were unceremoniously stolen from them. We witness interviews through Dan Sharp's eyes as he tries to find the truth for reasons unspoken. In 1972, we follow the keepers of the maiden, Arthur, Vince, and Bill, in the days before they disappear. Was it one of them who did it? Was it an outside agent? A crime of planning or passion? These two casts, destined to never meet again, struggle with their circumstance and share their coping mechanisms with us and each other. The strictures of the genre would lead us to suspect one of them is guilty, but our judgments are challenged through the actions of the lighthouse operating company, Trident Lighthouses, and their mistreatment of every member of our cast at one point or another. It's a simple plot that calls on the genre standards and puts them on trial in a friend with a new haircut sort of way. Take, for example, the mystery classic of The Closed Circle, a ring of suspects from which nobody can enter or exit. By having The Closed Circle on the Maiden in 1972 and the partners on the mainland 20 years later, we push through the loop to wrangle with the inevitable aftermath of many a country house mystery. It is by no means the first story to explore these themes and explore them well. There are even some others on the list, like the Tokyo Zodiac Murders and the Master Key that tackled them decades ago. The thing that makes Emma Stonex's iteration stand out so strongly for me is stylistic execution. The core of the novel to me is not what it says, but how it says it. From the very opening pages, seeing Jory's boat go to the Maiden with this spectral overhead view, there's a turbulence that lets you feel the emotions as moods of the pages themselves. Experiencing the journey of those emotions as the chapters roll on is visceral in a way no other novel I have read has achieved. Even though the ocean never gets dialogue or a lengthy passage of description, it remains the most tangible character in the story, and you cannot escape its ebbs and flows. It merely remains to be seen where it will settle. Its particular brand of melancholic poeticism can be overwhelming at times, but I think that's all a part of the magic that embedded this novel in my heart. The other thing I really love about the book's stylistic applications was its use of perspective. Intimately intertwined with the mood of the ocean is your position as the observer. No chapter has quite the same lens looking in on it, and the novel skillfully escapes that feeling incoherent by masking the jumps with the time periods alternating a chapter at a time. In one, you are inside Dan Sharp's head as his interviewee speaks of his role directly to you. In another, you are the pages in a keeper's journal, and yet another an omniscient narrator observing the wives' discussion. Both unsettling in the way it reflects the sea and incredibly immersive, by the end it feels like you truly have seen all sides of the story, because the literary camera has pointed in as many ways as it seems it feasibly can. 
As you can expect in the home turf of the twist, there is many a torsion to keep you guessing, keeping the sense of intrigue alive and leaving you howling as the answers come. It's an odd ending in the mystery department, but for this particular story, it's absolutely the right one, paying the right respect to both mystery fans and the memories of the three keepers in the Flannan Isles lighthouse disappearance from 1900, which inspired this book. Those families have been greatly receptive of this story, and I think that's a wonderful testament to how faithful it is to its own motive. It's a novel that will definitely favour the more poetic and literary side of your reader's soul, but its engagement with the heart of the mystery novel is a gem that I'm proud to have in our collection of stories for 2021. The Lamplighters is out with Pan Macmillan's Picador imprint in Australia and finds itself in sixth place for our 2021 recommendations, and decidedly my equal top book of the year. An enormous thanks to Emma Stonex for sharing her work and inspirations with us on the show. You're listening to Death of the Reader, and that was our Turmoil on the Lamplighters by Emma Stonex. Be sure to get subscribed for all the chaos this review season, and feel free to dive back into the archives when we first spoke about this novel during the Decagon House murders while you're there. This is your Murder Mystery World Tour on 2SER 107.3.